All right, and Talk Fury is live. Dr. Springler is here, uh, seemingly uh, taking on Joe Biden, to my understanding. Now, you know, like, um, so let, let's say I'm, um, I'm Franklin McFuckface, right? I'm a, <laughs> right? Why? Why? I'm, I'm Franklin McFuckface from Minnesota. And I'm like, hey, okay, so you, uh, you Dr. Springler, you're not a Republican, so you're clearly a Democrat, aren't you? <laughs> no, there's a lot more in the world. All right, so Franklin McFuckface doesn't get it. How can you not be one or the other? What is you? Good question. So here's one of the things, the problems that we have in the United States is we have a two-party duopoly, which um, seems okay to a lot of people because they, they don't see how politics can work outside the United States, that many other countries have sometimes dozens of viable political parties that, um, you know, that struggle for power. So, but the United States, we have it so rigged that there's just Democrats and Republicans. And um, there are other political parties, in fact, um, independent parties, but um, the United States media has done such a good job at convincing us that none of these are viable, that people, um, you know, people who support those parties have to always go on the defensive um, for supporting anything outside of the Democrats or Republicans. And it's really not true. We can build lots of different parties and have different options. Um, and political parties change all the time. We, the Democrats and Republicans have flipped historically um, their support. We've had other political parties that have disappeared before, like the Whigs. If anyone's read an awful US history that just talked about stuff like that, the, the Whigs just disappeared one day. Um, things change all the time, but people are so um, divested from their own power, they don't see that we have the power to change whatever political system that we have, if, we, if we're willing to fight for it. But we have to be willing to fight for it. Hmm. All right. All right, willing to fight for it. But now, but you don't see this, this guy in office, Donald Trump. This guy, he's a bad guy. Like me, myself, Franklin McFuckface from Minnesota. You know, I think. Why I've, are you dissing Minnesota like this? What did Minnesota ever do to you? I'm a freestyler. First thing that pops into my head, you say it and hope it sounds right. <laughs> so Franklin McFuckface from Minnesota is like, whoa, I have some conservative leanings myself, you know. But uh, this Donald Trump guy goes a little too far. Maybe we should defeat Trump and then look at other stuff. You're with that, aren't you? Well, you know, this is the problem with um, putting everything on Trump, that people think that they have, that they'll run to the opposite, um, being Joe Biden, when the reality is they're not the opposites. And that's part of the problem of the duopoly kind of thinking. In the United States is both sides think of each other as very different, when I, they have a lot more in common in a bad way than they do different, honestly. So. I don't see Joe Biden as really defeating anything that Trump actually stands for. Um, as a matter of fact, um, I think that in some ways he is an easier target because he was outside of the political establishment. That's a whole nother conversation. He might be a billionaire, but he was not a career politician before he kind of slid into office off of Hillary's disaster. So, um, I really don't think that Biden, based on 40 years of destructive policy, represents anything different than what um, that Trump 
um, just brought to light with a really loud mouth, basically. Hmm. All right. So it's it seems like um, Chelsea Sprinkler's taken on Joe Biden. And I saw your comment just disrespecting all of the patriarchy at one time. So Joe Biden, so we're doing Crash the DNC. Started at 1 p.m. We all coordinated. We uh, shared it to some of our lefty groups, our lefty meme groups, mm-hmm. where some of the mean lefties are. Like, I knew where to share it. Those, like, dim exit Green Party groups. Oh, those, <laughs> yes. those, those, those are the lefties that are ready to get fucking down. They're pissed in yeah. general about everything. Bowl of Fruit Loops. They're pissed. I mean, as they should be, to be honest. Right? They're like, yo, fucking the red Fruit Loops are taking up 66% of the bowl, and the yellow Fruit Loops aren't getting enough of the share. Like, they're mad, so we share with them. And I'm noticing the comment section is pretty active. There's, you know, there's some folks with a, t- for a, t- with a taste for the boot in there. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, I'm seeing folks like you. And, I, and I'm trying to get the laugh reacts up. So, like, um, yep. something, like, things that you have wrong with Joe Biden. Like, why is he not the deal, for starters? Oh, gosh, where do we start? Um question real quick and then I will answer that. This is our first video. I think we're on Facebook Live. Hi, everybody. Yep. Um, how do callers call in? Do they call in the same number through the event page? Because I, I, I know a couple people who might want to call in. Yep, it's the same one. It's uh, 347-857-3937. You will be prompted by the individual with a British accent to press 1 if you would like to uh, speak up. I'll see a visual notification on the screen to my left and click you in. Is the hashtag hashtag crash the DNC? Is that it? Hashtag crash the DNC. Is it on Twitter already? Is it on Twitter already, Springler? So I've been tweeting about it, so it's on Twitter that way. Um, and I'm not the big Twitter person, so I'm trying to figure that out. But we got a couple people who have been using the hashtag. Um, get Phoenix, can you add uh, Doctor Springler to some groups? On Facebook? On the Twitters. Oh, um, yeah, they're not really groups, but yeah. Yeah, I, yeah Twitter does a different thing. They're like Twitter yeah. squads. So what are we you don't. Doing? <laughs> so Twitter doesn't actually have groups the way like Facebook does. What what you can do is make um, like a group chat. So hmm. it's like a like a old school forum chat thing, but you can add people to it. And so I'm in some various lefty ones. Yeah, yeah. I think I think the folks would get a kick out of you. They they would dig you. Uh, Beth Lynch and all them niggas, man. Yeah, they, yeah, they 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 would dig it. Yeah, the um, swamp commie and the drone, all, all those heads out there. Check them out. They're dope. Okay. Yeah. I actually, tell me, tell actually, me the way because I am very Twitter illiterate. Oh, yeah, yeah. Twitter is my jam. I don't really fuck with Facebook. I hate Instagram. Okay. Twitter is my one. <laughs> Okay, we we need a, a drop of uh, Penny saying um, Chelsea Sprinkler is ill Twitter it. Ill Twitter it. All right. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. So I'm gonna be working on that. Help me out. Okay. Um, I actually just right. found your tweets. I'm retweeting them now. Oh, cool. So, yeah. So with Joe Biden, I mean, one of the problems we have in the United States, it, amongst many things, is that we have lost our ability to look at policy. So people get caught up in what CNN is saying about Trump and then putting, saying Joe Biden is the opposite or something as goofy as, you know, Joe Biden actually believes in science and math, as if that really means a lot in terms of what policy, how policy works and matters in people's lives um, versus Trump being, you know, he's just going to let the economy reopen, however, because that's an opinion thing that suits for some of his voters. And they know that. 
But that doesn't translate. Opinions like that or what they claim their platforms are going to be even don't translate to what their history is. We saw the same thing with Hillary Clinton. The Democrats are very notorious with this. Um, I mean, the Republicans don't really face their values either, such as being pro-life. We know those things. Um, that might be their policies on abortion, but they don't support people in real life. Um, so, but in general, I do think that the Republicans are a little bit more in your face with what they think and what they do. Now, Joe Biden is somebody who will talk about, um, you know, today we did the crash DNC um, Facebook comment bombing on um, the most recent post. That's what we do if you look up the Crash the DNC hashtag or the event page on Facebook. If you're on Facebook, you can search, um, it's called Crash the Party, Crash the DNC, um, the Democratic National Committee. That's what DNC stands for. So the acronym. And so you can RSVP to that page and get updates and find other people talking about this and building this campaign. And so basically what we do is we're raising awareness that, you know, Biden is not the solution to our problems, and we don't have to be on the defensive anymore every election of other liberals, you know, or not other, because I don't consider myself liberal anymore, but we shouldn't have to feel on the defensive about, yeah, well, you're just letting Trump win because you're criticizing Biden. It's like, no, not anymore. This is how this continues. Let's serve two evils and bullying people about this. Let's the evil continue and exacerbate and get worse. So we're saying, no, we're, we're done with that. And we're gonna go on the offensive. We don't care, we don't have a real option. So you, we're not shooting ourselves in the foot. This whole election is shooting us in the foot already. And we need to get honest about that. So that's why we're doing this. And that's why we are targeting Biden specifically, because we know everyone wants to make this, like Trump is a scapegoat about this, when really this is an in, entire political system problem. And if we let that get out of our sight, then we're not gonna be able to fix this. So that's why, we are specifically going on Biden. So that said, with Biden and policy, he has 40 years plus history of um, racist and sexist policies and classist policies. One of the biggest is a 1994 crime bill that he co-wrote, um, which just really exploded mass incarceration in the United States with the drug war and helped lock up you know, um, millions of black and brown people, helping, you know, instigate the school to prison pipeline which gets young kids um very little opportunities but they but it's a process that knows that poor kids especially in urban areas are going to um, not have economic opportunities be funneled through the drug war and be funneled straight into prison uh, for lack of opportunities so he i mean he's been at the front of all of this he um he was part of defunding welfare um He's been, let's see, what other policies? I mean, he more recently, um, trying to think of the year, can't think of the year right now, but it was more recent. Um, he put, championed the, um, the anti-bankruptcy bill where people could not uh, file bankruptcy for student loans in, in most situations. So couldn't get out of their debt the way that bankruptcy is designed to let people get out of debt. He did that. Um, in the 1970s, he was all chummy with segregationists. He has quotes about not wanting to um, integrate his kids in a neighborhood with black kids. Um, I mean, the list goes on and on. He's been um, anti-abortion. He's been, um, I mean, everything about what, what he's done. And in the Obama presidency, you know, he was kind of this white conservative liberal or Democrat um, anchor for Barack Obama 
to be acceptable. That was kind of the strategy of like why Biden the vice president, because he's like the worst, most conservative white Democrat to, to bring on to, to keep um, a certain respectability there for more conservative, moderate whites and Democrats. Um, and he's been sliding on those coattails, even though he has an incredibly racist policy history. So, um, I mean, we could go on. Maybe you guys have some policies you want to pull out, but that's the point. Oh. It's not what he- yeah, I mean, what he says is stupid too. He's he's losing his mind. Well, honestly. I think I think like but, my biggest thing right now is because it's you know this is actually the election. This is the um, show us why the fuck we should vote for you. You know, month. And he basically came out and said that he um, is still anti uh, legalizing weed. He still thinks it's a fucking gateway drug. And then he still uh, doesn't support um, defunding police. And he still doesn't support um, ending qualified immunity. And it's like. And he doesn't support fucking universal healthcare. It's like, they're a fucking... We're in the middle of a fucking global pandemic, and you said you would veto a Medicare for All bill if it came across your desk. People in... There was a... Uh, you know, I don't know how the protests are going now, because media is intentionally downplaying them. But there was, like, a week straight where every fucking state, all 50 states, had people protesting police violence. And he's like, no, we still need qualified immunity for police. They're the good guys. You know what I mean? And it's like, how can you be so fucking out of touch with anybody under the age of 50 and be like, but I deserve your vote because I'm not Trump. Like, fuck yeah. you. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah. And not seeing any uh, calls on the board yet, but I do see um, uh, one uh, quote from Jessica May, uh, anti-cannabis in 2020 as well. And it looks like you have a strong critique in the comments section. It just says, yes. You don't, so, you, may, you don't have to do every S. Maybe they agree. You don't have to do every S. The S's went into the next line. That, that I don't think I did every S. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, like you said, um, yeah, th- this is the time. This is the show me why the fuck I need to vote for you time. Yeah. But then also, it's the thing that we keep bringing up and when we bring it up we realize we are combating an argument coming from the center that the democrats think memory doesn't exist like nigga he was challenging voters to push-ups and telling them to vote for trump instead a few months ago didn't he call somebody a dog-faced pony soldier or something a lying dog-faced pony soldier we remember that that's still fresh in our heads like Remember Andre 3000 from 1997? You're, you're, um, you always have to have something better than your last cut. You focus on your past. Your ass will be a has-what. All we remember is the last thing you said for the most part. And yeah, it was lying dog-faced pony soldier. And you're that's fu- why he hasn't said shit, because he's hoping we'll forget any other stupid bullshit he said in the past. But we like- don't. There's a podcast I mean, on it now. What up? Keep in mind, this is the same dude who told people when the pandemic was starting that they could go vote safely. Fuck. Remember that? Remember that? And you remember how they fucking turned, especially in Chicago. I don't know if other cities did it as well, but I know they fucking turned Chicago in particular. They were um, making, like, impromptu voting centers, but they were making them in, like, fucking, like, black nursing homes and, like, in black areas. And, like, telling everybody to go there and vote. So, like, I don't even fucking know how many black people are dead because of the fucking voting shenanigans that the DNC pulled. But, yeah. Yeah, they moved around um, voting centers at the last minute and then tell people they they did a a terrible job that could have been avoided. Or it should have been, if they couldn't avoid it, it should have been rescheduled. And they refused to do that. The the court in Chicago or in Cook County refused to do that. 
Um, it was a disaster here in Kentucky. They closed some something of upwards of ninety percent of their of their voting locations ahead of the the Kentucky primary that recently happened, I believe. Uh huh. So, it, I mean, it's just all over the country. the The amount of voter suppression happening, as well, and just um, and rigging that that's happened. Yeah. So, and the way that that affected Bernie Sanders when they did that in Chicago, and they knew it, and they messed it up for poor people. And made it extremely difficult for poor people who work to be able to vote. Yeah, um, that has an effect on Bernie Sanders, and they know that. Like this is this is how rigging happens in a very mundane, everyday kind of way. And the virus just was another opportunity to do that. And um, I mean, so we're tired of the rigging. We're saying, you know, that's another thing is, is people look at us. They say, "What you want Trump? Or you're going to help Trump?" I'm like, all of this has helped Trump. All of this has helped the entire environment that Donald Trump is based on. Yeah. Like, you know- I was, something that I really wish that we would talk about more and be more, um, like, bring it to the front and center, as it were, is talking about how people keep saying, like, oh, so you want Trump? But every time it's this lesser of two evil shit, we get a more evil. Every Because I remember when people were like, we can't let Bush win, right? And I'm don't like... Don't vote Nader. Don't vote Nader, right? But I'm, and I'm sure I was too young at the time, but I'm sure people were like... Reagan is fucking evil. He's the Antichrist, right? And then we got Bush, and it's like, you can't let Bush in. And then it was like, we can't let the other Bush in. And it's like, and now we have Trump. So if we get Biden, what the fuck is coming in like eight years from now? Like, if we have had Reagan and Bush and Bush and Trump, what the fuck is happening in eight years? Trump pardons Dylan Roof and he runs. Like, I mean, honestly, that's like, it's gonna be some fucking like wild ass shit and like I just feel like we don't necessarily talk about that enough cause like can you like cause I, I remember fucking everybody hated George W. Bush and now fucking Michelle Obama's all fucking hugged up on this fucking war criminal mm-hmm. and it's like and well, Ellen DeGeneres and well, man fuck her um but also you know but I really ten, do though, 10 years ago those people were making fun of George Bush for you know they were you know semi anti-war oh you know, weapons of mass destruction might be a lie, and now Ellen DeGeneres is like chumming it up with George. Yep. With George. Yep. Like it shows how hypocrites these people are, these elites. Yeah. And so, like, yeah, I'm actually like legitimately scared if we keep the system that we have, what we're gonna have in, you know, two to three elections from now, because it's gonna be some fucking scary shit. Like, because you know. Well, dead up though, Doctor Springler, have you heard the audio before? Because I know this <laughs> stuff. We, we, we've got a bit of an age difference here, <laughs> but, um, so, but have you heard the audio footage of when, what, why Phil Donahue got fired from MSNBC? Not. Okay. Ah. So, um, this was post nine 11, but mm-hmm. not too far post, obviously. And they're talking about getting the invasions on. Yeah. And Phil Donahue was like, I don't know about that shit. Not really feeling it. But Chris Matthews was like, what a chance to boost my career and was and you know he made the the bullshit arguments about weapons of mass destruction but then he did that ugly shit which i don't know if it'll work as well as it would now but this was closer to the 90s and 80s and he said you know i think you're being un-american right now like live on the air to phil donahue's face about going to war i think you're being un-american so no, that Chris shit would Matthews. still work because what the fuck did that nigga who got fired for lying but then got rehired brian a, williams yeah that shit when um they were dropping the bombs and he was like it reminds me of that um when he was there but he wasn't fucking there 
he wasn't fucking there. Um, but no, he was like, it reminds me of that song with the um, that Hallelujah song or whatever. Oh, when they were you talking about when they when he said glorious bombs? Yes. Yeah, yes, the glorious right. bombs clip. We so, played that on actually. Here. Yeah, it would still work because <laughs> it worked like last year. <laughs> Jesus, so many examples of these fuckers. And um, wait a second, I think um, that I'm starting to recognize numbers. I think that's Eric Hudson. Well, just remember seven seven three is a Chicago number. Yeah. Eric Hudson, where's your audio? Are you polishing your bald head and forgetting to speak, sir? <laughs> My bald-headed niggas always got the most shit to say. Let me check this. Uh, uh -oh. He is a crash the DNC, too. He's He's got some things to say on it. Yeah, let me see what's happening here. I'm going to reload this page. Yeah. Because that is odd and strange. It is strange. Uh-oh, okay, the blog talk radio voice might... All right, yeah, it says Eric is on there, and it says we're on there. Eric, can you ask Eric to join the um the group call? Because we're on, if he could just join the group call like normal, he'll just pop up on the video with us. Okay. Yeah. All right. See, and this is the problem with recording live. Shit never go right. Going live, it's 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 good, great, <laughs> never and goes fun. right, ever. <laughs> Yeah, right. And I think also within like the loss of memory is like they don't realize that they were like back to back pissing people off all the way up to now. Like one thing like heads in the center don't know is that we were saying Kamala Harris is a cop. Yeah. Two years ago. Right. We had been that was uh, Beth Lynch's uh, Twitter thing, which yeah. really pushed it because then Jimmy yeah. Dore started saying it. Then Peter B. Collins started saying it. I yeah. heard Nicole Sandler say it. You yeah. know, uh, Katie Halper, obviously. So everybody got on board with saying, okay, Kamala Harris is a fucking cop. Yeah. Well, I mean, Kamala Harris herself said she's a fucking cop. So, like, you know. Yeah. And wore the uniform and bragged about making bus. And fucking had her little fucking, the, um, like the, like the picture of like a police badge on her little fucking, uh, header of her, um, her paper. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And we're doing that, and we're still trying to get um, Eric Loco connected. And then, and then, what else did they do? Just to keep on fucking with us, they bring in this Pete Buttigieg with. You didn't oh, even God. need to give me the headlines, right? Because the headlines were gonna come with yeah. black police sergeant and racist this and racist that. Mm -hmm. I could hear his voice. You can't have that accent and not be racist. He just he you could he could smell it on him. Like fucking Beto, fucking Robert O'Rourke. Robert. Just standing on a table in a restaurant. What kind of fucking home training? And then they and then again, like they don't get it. The lefties are we're nerdier than you. We've made yeah. this argument in the wine cellar before. That's why they hate us. We're nerdier. Cause then we're like, well, what the fuck are these these folks pass? Because some of these candidates are younger. So mm. literally their high school behavior is significant in their past if you're in your right. early thirties. Right. And this nigga had some weirdo-ass message board. Remember that shit with Robert O'Rourke? Oh, shit, yeah. Yeah, these guys are... Where are they getting these fucking characters? And they try to play up sister girl Kamalis, but then uh, apparently she got way too high listening to Tupac records and forgot what year they came out. <laughs> but yeah, all that shit went on, and we're like, hey, folks, we like Medicare for All and Sanders, and they're like, yeah, but what if we get a computer program that fucks up the Iowa primary? <laughs> it's like... You kept doing shit. Yep. Yep. I mean, honestly. And that, well, I mean, I think that's the thing. Because what did Biden say when he was in a room full of um, donors? 
nothing will fundamentally change. Yes. And it's like, so everything's going to be shitty if you're poor, if you're black, if you're a woman, you know, if you're not white, uh, if you're queer. It's just like, okay, well. It's just a, a pure crap house. All right, so in 50 seconds, I'm going to restart the Blog Talk broadcast because mm-hmm. something happened. Remember when that phone line made that weird sound? Yeah. Yeah, I should have hung up and called back in then. Mm. Yeah, I think that... um that hung us up i don't think we ever really recovered from that storm because the groundwater might be on the ground cables mm. all right and we still don't have yeah Hudson. you know i think he's trying to call in but i don't think he can to the group oh um, shoot also i just realized my shirt is on inside out i see erica <laughs> oh you see him him coming up on the I thing he's right there oh there I he see. is oh and there he's gone uh-oh his head was so damn shiny, the camera cut off. God damn Is that it. what happened? That's why, what happened. Why you always got to talk shit? Nigga? These are the facts. Because I also just cut my hair this shit? afternoon, too. Mm-hmm. Put that cocoa butter lotion on it, son. talking ass nigga. Well, you know, while he figures that out, um, you know, you mentioned Buddy Gag. He, um, he, that reminds me, he was involved with some of the rigging. And I'm trying to remember which primary it was on like the East Coast, but it was in um, one of the the big snafus that happened with one of the state's um, primaries this spring was, was it Delaware? What what state? Gosh, I'm losing the details. But anyway, he, um, it was like a, a company, a tech company that does like software, voting software that he's on like the board of or something. And some of their people, like their, their, their um, executive director of this nonprofit that does this tech for elections to have fair and equal elections is like their mission statement or something. They, um, Buddy Gig was all up in it and their executives all worked for him and their machines messed up and broke down in the primary and messed up the primary. And it went, and that was one of the only states that went for Buddy Gig. Yeah. Yes, that one um, was Iowa. Now here, Iowa? yeah, here's the fun part. So you now my Google, it, it is like your Google. It hears you talking on your smartphone. You know, you have no actual privacy. Fuck the Fourth Amendment, right? And mm-hmm. um, so your Google will be tailored to you. But even with my Google being tailored to me, when I um uh, search booty giggle rigging primary, I get. NBC News headline Iowa caucus wasn't rigged by an app to help Pete hmm. the hill.com Trump claims Democratic primary rigged against Sanders Vox.com I know we like them <laughs> the Iowa caucus result delay has created a legitimacy crisis right they're almost almost whoa they're like Chris Hayes or something that's way left to center isn't it Woo! watch out the Atlantic.com why the Iowa caucus birthed conspiracy theories. Right, right, right. Oh, he's back. All right, yep. and it looks like Eric Hudson is on officially. So, again, like, we know what the fuck happened. We, you just literally named, like, well, you didn't name specific people, but we've read these articles. Yeah. Like, excuse us if we don't remember the exact names. Five months later, there's been a pandemic. Yeah, and um, but they'll still have those headlines up there to bullshit people, and that's the thing about the media. Like, and so everybody, you know, liberals and these liberal elites in the media will run all these stories about you know 
how evil Trump is for going after the media, and that's an aspect of fascism. And it's like, yeah, okay, well, we've had fascism for a while, first of all, in the United States, in different forms. But, like, one of the reasons he's popular with a lot of people, along with people and other things, is that he talks about the media really straight up. A lot of people, um, a lot of fake news. people, yeah, when he talks about fake news and the media being the enemy, like, the U.S. media is... The mainstream media, at least, that's ran by like the same six corporate executives across the board, they are not our friends. So right. the fact that he, got, he was able to talk to some rural folks who do understand that on some level and become popular based on that, for one, like, well, we, they, they we understand. Need, we need leftist candidates that are talking about that, and we need let the left to be talking about that in a principled way, or this is what happens. Yeah, well, they, for saying that. Go ahead, Eric. They understand. That's the problem. Is that Trump? White people understand what's been done to them. They understand when the the Chrysler plant closed down under Obama in Anderson, Indiana. They understand what that looks like to lose two thousand five hundred jobs when GE. Now remember that was I'm blanking on the guys. Got a strange name. I knew it, or who was head of GE. You know, Obama appointed him on the Jobs Council how to retain jobs. This was the guy who headed GE, General Electric, which is also a major military contractor. Um, and they shut down the GE plant. They took the, a bailout for for green technology money and moved to Mexico. So, so, so what happens to us when we lose all of our jobs? You know, we go to the church and we don't we we don't get angry. Mm -hmm. Trump supporters get angry and they should be angry. And they they and Trump speaks to them. So when he talks out about uh, about uh, media, when he talks out about the you know, he talks out about Nancy Pelosi, the rich people, um, they respond to that while we you know, we're in love with our abusers. And that was Iowa, by the way. As you said, can you imagine if Trump if Trump would have invested in, a, in a, um, a technology corporation in Iowa that and then all of a sudden the elect the election, the electoral the, ele uh, the elections were in shambles. There would have been calls for it. I mean, it was it's just the amount of. The, the amount of what happens in terms of, and these, this is the white liberalist establishment, the, the amount of what they get away with, and there's no, there's no, we should be outraged, absolutely outraged. And, and that's, that's what we should, we should be outraged. Yeah, and that's what Crash the DNC is really about. Like, we're, we're done making excuses. There's so many excuses, and we're, there's no time for it to be okay. There's no, you know, Trump being the greatest evil of this. There's so much evil in hundreds of years of it. We're not, we're not making excuses for it anymore. So. And, and you've got black people saying this stuff. They say, you know, well, we, we got to get, I mean, because we're the pit bulls of the Democratic Party. And so they're like, well, let us get rid of Trump, and then... We'll, we'll take care of that other stuff. And we know damn well from Obama that, you know, once, you know, people will go right back to sleep because we, we've gotten so conditioned to being abused. And, you know, white folks don't care about us. They, they, they loot our communities. What's it, our what, 
I'm sorry, go ahead. What was it Obama said? I'm not the black president, I'm just a president or some oh, shit? Oh, I'm, I'm not the president of black people. Right, yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. And, and his, and, and I, he didn't even start that. His followers started that. He's, I mean, and they would say that with such relish, like they were patriots. I mean, I was listening <laughs> to Malcolm X the other day when he was talking about just the field Negroes. And it's like, you know, what's our house is on fire. Oh, we got to put it out. And, and I want to fan the flames. I mean, the, the, the worst thing is, is to hear black people as if they have a stake in this. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. No, I agree. I agree with that. And I, I think that yeah. that's, um, there's like this weird uh, combination of um, like Stockholm syndrome, as it were. Oh, yeah. But also oh, just yeah. like. Like, I don't, I guess it seems like a lot of black people are scared, right? Like, if we don't side with the Dems, the Republicans are going to do bad stuff to us. It's like, but it's like, they always do bad stuff to us and we've survived so far, like, as a people. So maybe that shouldn't be an excuse anymore. All right. And well, I'm, because my bad, folks. I'm, I'm probably making weird faces and looking around a lot. I'm literally <laughs> just live engineering the show between everyone talking. So keep rocking. I'm, I'm on the job here. <laughs> Well, but well, yeah, mm -hmm. oh, go, no, go on. Oh no, because I, I really think that's a thing, and it's like so. You know, we have come through slavery. Um, you know, survived Jim Crow. You know, just fucking the drug war, um, the war on poverty. You know, all these things, and it's like, but black people still seem sort of like scared to be like, but the Republicans are going to be so much worse to us, and it's like. Is it something that, that we can or cannot overcome? Like, really? That's, but we have to start calling these people out. And I've been, and people tell me all the time, they're like, man, you gonna, how you gonna get another job after this? You know, I mean, or, you know, I mean, the people I work with, you know, professionally, I mean, mm -hmm. um, but the thing is, we have to start calling these people out because the black community is completely indoctrinated and saturated by corporate media and this is something that's been designed you know during world war one uh lot you know there were there was a huge and stop me if I, if I already said this last time but there was a huge socialist party in america and before world war ii i mean you had theodore dreiser writing the american tragedy um who was the other uh, uh steinbeck talking about the what's happening with food processing places the oh, the folks yeah. in new york mostly women in the garment factories protesting yeah. all this stuff was coming on and then the 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 the, the war the bankers war world war one came along and all of a sudden there was and these were the liberals behind this with woodrow wilson there was a huge push to shut everybody up and send everybody to jail. I mean, this was a huge thing. Emma Goldman, all these people, uh, Jane Addams. And, th and so this was a, a media thing, a saturation, a takeover of the media by corporate America and the military industrial complex. And once they did that, then they shifted it. Once they won the war, they sh and Freud was a part of this, that whole mass psychology. But once they did this, then they shifted the, 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 the energy to, it went from the Hun, the German Hun, to the Bolshevik. And then after the Bolshevik, then it, it, it went to the liberals. Yeah. And so, and, and, and the liberal establishment. And so that, you know, not the liberals, but the, mark, the radicals, the radicals, and that was us. 
And so this sort of propaganda is what they use to now scare black people with. And we are terrified. And we are, you know, Joe Biden, he, he incarcerated two whole generations. Yep. And the idea of him becoming president, worse than Trump. And by the way, if you look at the last um, step, have you guys seen Act One, the first step act by uh, Donald Trump? No. No, no. Please Google that. It's it's the the sometimes. Oh Lord, he said it with that weary Negro voice. Oh, I know that no, I'm voice. Sorry. I'm sorry, I know. but it's no. you got, but see the problem is no one will believe me when I say it. But it's called the First Step Act, and the New York Times. But it has it has freed more black prisoners. Oh than ever. oh, his the federal prison thing. Exactly. Okay okay. All right. I did not know that's his call, but I know what you're talking about. Yes. Yeah, it's called First Step. And those crazy carvers... Can I curse here? Or is it just... Is that a no Oh, we say... We cuss all the motherfucking okay, time. Yeah, okay, it, it's, it's that, a... crazy, that crazy... That crazy-ass meeting that Donald Trump and, and, and Kanye had in the White House, that was the most... That was the blackest shit in the White House since... Uh, since Easy East Jerry Curl in... Juice? What'd you say? <laughs> since Easy East Jerry Curl Juice was in there? No, no, since since Lincoln invited <laughs> Frederick Douglass to the White House, um, uh, and so and so that's the First Step Act came out of that. And again, I'm saying reference the Washington, the Sun Times, because you got to do that with folk, not to y'all, but you have to show them it in, in the Sun Times. Because if they ain't the Sun Times, they're not gonna believe. It. But the Sun Times just came out with an article on just how many black people, because it was really aimed at us, how 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 many were free under that act um and so my point is i'm not a trump supporter but he has done more for black people with the first step act than obama and biden put together where obama yeah. incarcerated i mean you know so my point is trump is not a good guy but biden has a record of the the the, the, the what is it the credit card yeah. i mean that was and that wasn't just about students that was yeah. women who were domestic crime victims, women mm -hmm. who could not use that as a way to declare bankruptcy. Yep. That was veterans. That was enlisted people all on the, the, the credit card industry. And they are all in Delaware. Well, they're not in Delaware. They're think now they're all like on these small islands um, with our governor. I shouldn't be talking about the governor. I take that back. Um, but uh I should be, but I can't. Um, but they're, you know, they, 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 all these folks are all the, on these islands right now. But they're, they're listed in the state of Delaware as all, as also big pharma. All yeah. these Biden's in bed with the worst of them. <laughs> so it was funny you said. Uh, I think William, you said earlier that your phones, like our phones, just be listening to us. <laughs> um, so I recently got a, a, a different job with Swap, and they were like, you need to sign up for this astrology app because, like, everyone I work with is super into it. As we were literally talking, I got a notification for my update today. It said, your rage is valid. Today you're looking for freedom. So, you know, whatever. I just thought that was funny because, like, literally as we're doing this, I'm like, oh, what? Your rage is valid? What is that? That's my update for the day. By the but, way, yeah. we have somebody, um, Kenny, on, who's another Man. person who is involved in the Crash the DNC work, mm -hmm. um, getting it together and started. Mm -hmm. um, Kenny, uh, I know you're, I want to make sure, because you, you sound like you're, uh, oh, yikes. We are live. Yeah, Kenny's getting the files. That's, his, that's the files. 
Get the files ready. Um, so if you want to make a comment or anything or um, to the topic here, you are on Facebook Live. So, And you're on the podcast, Talk Fury. Yeah, which is like what? This is like three uh, furious folks here right now. Yeah. We need to be outraged, and we need to show it. They're always muting our outraged. Use your inside voice. No. Do not use your inside voice. Yes, yeah. for yep. sure. Which, which, is, which is definitely work for me with Dr. Springler and Phoenix Kalita here. <laughs> they use their indoor voices, and I got to work. And then I just got to figure out, okay, what do I say? that? Because Dr. Springler mm. will use her outside voice. On the same level with Phoenix Kalita, if you expose them to the right bullshit that makes them react these are women that don't like bullshit and you just gotta perfectly place the bullshit right in their sight mm-hmm. where they can't look away they're you know can't too high can't get over it too wide can't get around it type shit yeah no yeah, bullshit I... express yes yes you do that to me all the fucking time too Fuck yeah! That, that's why I don't get to do show notes that much anymore. That's real. I don't get. I literally don't get to do show notes that much. Phoenix does most of the show notes now. Because I be about that bullshit. Like I'm just gonna be like, here's an eight minute Alex Jones clip. Let's critique it. <laughs> like, oh, here's some Tariq Nasheed. What do you think, Phoenix? Oh man, fuck you. All right, so now we have um, unfamiliar face, unfamiliar voice here, Kenneth. Yes. We've never heard this voice in the wine cellar before. Um, now, to my understanding, as I asked Dr. Springler earlier, I, I, I'm not sure if you're a Republican. I'm guessing you're not. This must mean you are indeed a Democrat. I'm sure you're a loyalist. You are the Democratic base. Your melanin tells me so. Who are you talking about? Kenneth right here. Okay, Kenneth. Yes. A Kennecrat, maybe. Oh, oh yeah, that's that's me. Um, love the BNC. Uh, what what did we say in this time? Uh, oh, blue, no matter who. Yeah, that's why I'm wearing blue. Um, <laughs> also, in solidarity, blue lives matter. But right, yeah. Oh yeah, blue lives are most threatened right now. Oh my God, yeah. Uh, did you all just hear about that? Uh, Five Guys business. Five Guys, the, the hamburger folks? Yeah. What went down? Uh, this seems to have just happened. Basically, long story short, um, there were several employees at the Five Guys who would not serve police officers because of they weren't wearing any PPE, no masks. However, um, a lot of the older internet, a lot of the voting base, I'm going to say, uh, kind of complains of five guys like, oh, you have these uh, really left-wing anarchist Antifa rebels and they're not serving our police. Blue Lives Matter, back to blue. And so I guess five guys fired them because they're like, we support police when at the jump it wasn't about them being officers. It was the fact that they would not wear masks or any PPE. And so they're not supposed to serve them. And the workers didn't want to serve them but it's just like the crazy obvious spin that we deal with within media it's just like how many times are we going to go through this we're like this double speak and i feel like you know we obviously deal with it a lot when it comes to everything we're talking about as far as the dnc 
and Joe Biden right now and how Joe Biden talks about, you know, I've been there for black people historically and, you know, we're working harder to put together a progressive platform like no one before. And it's like, argue, where are the results, you know? And I feel like just the fact that the age, you know, we're able to live in this age of one double speak, but two like kind of lip service in a way. And people are just like, see, that means they're progressive or see, that means there was a crime here. It's just like, uh, it gets back to that point originally where it's just like, you really have to kind of cut the BS and just kind of point to points in a matter, especially online and with the engagement that just like people can't get around that. But so many people aren't. And I feel like it's a resultant symptom of how political systems and Democrats in particular like communicate with people now. Yeah. And that, that corporate speak is, is, is again, and I guess we just have to really talk about what's happened to the media, but it's how, you know, they don't give us the language anymore to communicate what's been done to us. So we speak right. in these soliloquies, you know, this sort of soliloquies and these, you know, social justice, these sort of empty, really just dead talk, you know, dead talk policies, but we cannot articulate the experiences of the brutality that's met out to us. You know, we talk about the police brutality, but we don't talk about the brutality of the worker. Yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, that's why I'm so, you know, I'm always trying to get Brother William to talk about, you know, what it's like to work in a factory, a factory before that used to pay 25. You could send your family to college Mm -hmm. and buy a new Chrysler and, you know, the middle class and the jobs are still there. But the money's not there. It's oppressive. They locked you in the. They lock people in Walmart, and we don't articulate that. Trump supporters do, but we don't. But you know, ask us about Dancing of the Stars and you yeah. know, who's the latest basketball player, and and that's what's given to us. And you know, we talk about productivity of the worker up by seventy yeah. percent, where wages have stagnated since the nineteen forties. And we have such a right to be angry, but we are not angry. And it's just, hey, well, we, he's afraid I don't of Trump. feel like we have collectivism as a body of workers anymore is part yeah. of it. And I mean, a lot of that, of course, has to do with our corporate interests have lobbied themselves with everyone in Washington and all the people saying vote for them right now. But I mean, we largely don't think in terms of the worker and we think in terms of workers in our field and individuals in our field and I feel like academia hasn't helped with that and thinking in terms of like specific disciplines and just like yeah it's not us as the workers it's you know us as teachers us as you know factory workers us as call center workers and as long as we continue to think of ourselves that way and the system does not help us to get back to thinking about the way we do. Like, I mean, we're just going to keep getting filed and filed and filed and filed and continuing to lose worker rights, you know? Oh, yeah. Like, um, so I, I'm in, I'm in a blue state, right? So mm-hmm. in this blue state, we have, uh, oh, holidays off, paid holidays off, paid right? Off. Fancier than what I had living in a um, libertarian wasteland red state. But on the Skyjacks, 
we don't get safety harnesses. <laughs> also, um, on the out of four Skyjacks, only two of them have functioning honking horns. Um, why, are, why are you so demanding? Only two of them Drag have their uh, safety. Yeah, what, you, think, you think OSHA matters? <laughs> no. <laughs> Throwing a worker's body in the ocean matters. Shit. And the um, <clears throat> excuse me. And out of those four skyjacks, only two of them have a safety beep when they're ascending and descending. And then um, also only two of the skyjacks have a safety chain. So that we, so that your passenger can't, you know, slip and fall out the back, or any cargo you have on it won't slip and fall on an unsuspecting person downstairs. Yeah. And I was on the Skyjacks the past two days. Uh, one day was um particularly unsafe. Now this is where the culture. Uh, Kenneth, if you could mute, I can't mute from this end. We're getting a gang of sound, and <laughs> the um, but the uh. Yeah, where toxic masculinity comes in, right? Where normalized things in culture clash with the capitalism and the unsafe work environment. So this new individual, and here's also mm. nepotism. This individual, their background, their work history, literally their entire time working in America has been working in the kitchen at the university out there in the city. Mm. But because he has a family member that works in the office in this factory... He got hired directly into a position that I got passed over for a promotion for that I had been busting my ass to work into. But in that position, he's also scared to get on the Skyjack, but he won't tell anyone because the other men will make fun of him if he says he's scared. So he gets on the Skyjack scared. He doesn't pay attention to what he's supposed to pay attention to. And he breaks a piece of equipment. It wasn't too badly damaged. Uh, maintenance was able to fix it in about 45 minutes. But it's like, if this guy's so scared that he's literally dangerous, that's adding to the danger when, when you're mixing um, culture and toxic masculinity with the already unsafe capitalism that we're doing as is. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And people demand so little of their, of their employers and things like that. That's another thing. Like, yeah. You would rather go through and like, you, you know, go through this kind of machismo. I don't have any problems. I don't have any problems. Well, if you have a problem, your employer should fix it because you're mm-hmm. there, you know, doing work for them. And yeah. we're so disempowered from everything we like in our lives. I mean, right? Marx would say that's the alienation of the worker. We're alienated from ourselves mm-hmm. and our humanity through our labor being extracted from us. But you know, it's the whole larger context. It's the whole thing you were saying, Eric, about um, the media. We were talking about that a minute ago. How everyone is just as passive consumers, and we're so trained to be yeah. passive consumers or give up resources of labor like that that we can't even imagine like fighting for ourselves anymore. Until we get so angry, it's like emotional anger, and I have nothing against that. I have nothing against that. I love that. But what, to build a larger movement, there's just so little about people understanding like we we have we should have the power to change all of this and when it comes to trash the dnc it's like people are like well why now why are you doing this now you're just helping trump this is inconvenient it's like yeah it's inconvenient because we don't feel like we have a good option and not only that we're exercising our power to say like if this election doesn't work for us we don't have to accept it there is no reason that we should have to accept an election 
the same way Washington tells a bunch of fucking lies about Venezuela, this election is not legitimate. It speaks for the people, and they're lying about that. Maduro in Venezuela, every, all of that was legitimate. He's very popular. But we think that everybody else's elections around the world can't be legitimate, but United States residents of the U.S. can't say that our elections are illegitimate. It's our election. It's our political system. If, right. it's, if we're not allowed to something, all the options are terrible, what kind of political system and power do you have? And why are you comfortable with that? Especially when it's clear that our elections have been rigged. Yeah. Um, you, you know, Kenny said something about, um, you know, I want to kind of get back to, you know, we can't, we have to, our only option now, and this is why what we're, what I think we're doing is so important and we have to start figuring out how do we do it on a mass scale, but we have to resist. All of us have to figure out how we resist because the, the 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 corporate saturation of media is so strong, and that's really why they hate Trump so much. It's not about him being racist. It's not about him locking up kids like Obama. It's about that he does not play ball as much as Biden does to corporate forces. That he is. He's an old Democrat in a certain way. He is a populist. Democrats used to be populist. The last populist that we've had was McGovern. Um, you know, and so, and so, and again, I'm not a pro-Trump supporter, but he is far more populist than these corporate, you know, than Benetton Obama. So we've got to, we've got to resist. Um, and it's because our, the, the, the protests that so much of it, not all of it, but so, you know, they only, the Democrats and the liberal establishment, they let us know what we can protest and what we can't protest. And I want to just talk just a little bit, just a little bit about this, what's happening in the black community, the destruction of young black children and it's white supremacy. I'm not, you know, and I say, I'm not backing down from black on black crime, but what I say is we need a word to identify it. That's how I identify it, but it is not it is white supremacy behind this stuff. It is from the auction block. They divided us. They've been teaching us to kill each other. And that's what's happening. And the fact that we are not protesting and not each other, because that's not us. I mean, we might be pulling the trigger, but behind that is white supremacy. Well, and, and right we here, need to be protesting this. Let me hop in on you there, because like how you Go just on. said, um, how you just said that's not us, and we're interested in other things. Um, something interesting I just saw because I'm still a pretty heavy West Coast rap head. I still yeah. check out the new cats, and there's this new blood dude, a Pyru, and I love mm -hmm. this guy. His name is Snoopy Blue, and his latest mm -hmm. video came out like four or five days ago. Mm. And I say download it before YouTube takes it down, because the, the opener is they shoot a cop in the face because he robbed somebody. But before mm -hmm. they rob him, like they're talking about it, like, yo, the police jacked me. What am I going to do? And he was like, right. oh, if it was one of the homies out there that did it, you'd have you'd mm, put in work absolutely. on that nigga in a minute. But now it's the cops, yep. now you can't do it. So then Snoopy. they went and shot the cop in the face and then did the video. Snoopy Badass. Snoopy Badass. What did I say? Snoopy Blue. Sorry. Snoopy Blue. <laughs> who is also another Crip rapper out there. So it's not like mm -hmm. I didn't say a real name. It's just wrong rapper. Right, 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 right. Yeah, Snoopy Badass. 
yeah, shoot a cop in the face video, get it before it's deleted. It's fucking dope. And uh, Tupac did the same thing. Anyway, but God. Yeah, he did. Afraid to bust a cop. He, he did. Afraid to bust you... a nigga, but afraid to bust a cop. And there's that interview clip. The interview, it's somewhere in the neighborhood of like 40 minutes or so. And it's the yeah. one, you see clips from it, but there's a full interview. It's the one where he's sitting next to, um, I can't remember if it's Richie Rich or his uh, mm-hmm. his homeboy that, that he lived with in, in Marin Apartments. And he's eating a mm-hmm. big ass pizza with a beanie on and he's yelling. And in that video, that's the one where he's like, why, why, the, the, the same gun that you would take to go shoot your brother, why don't you go shoot the pig that's killing you, your brother, and everybody on the block? And then he was like, um, they said, do you feel uh, remorse for the cops that got shot and lost their lives? And then he fake cried and laughed and said, I got no remorse. And then he named off black people that were murdered in the recent years of his Twitter timeline. <clears throat> And then he said, "As long, but don't worry, we're going to get some justice. As long as there's bullets, there's going to be some justice. And now he was talking about the cops. And again, I say, at any given time, you try to resurrect Tupac, the government has to kill him. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, well remember, though, it's bigger than the cops. It's about, it's about corporate control. And, these, and again, this is what we need. I mean, we need to be protesting the cops. But it's about behind black on black crime is not us, it's white supremacy. But why aren't we pro, you know, I mean, it's these corporations. I mean, that's, my point is, why are we not pro, why are they, why isn't we, why are we so outraged over Trump, but not the endless loop of violence that we've gone accustomed to in our black communities? And tell me if you don't agree. But I mean, what, why are we not outraged? Do you think? Anybody else would allow the type of cycle of death and misery and destruction? We're not talking about the brothers and sisters that are in wheelchairs and can't eat food properly for the rest of their life. The the, the mass shootings. I honestly feel like that's what happens when you're like in an abusive situation or in an abusive relationship. Like because you're so accustomed to it and it keeps like creeping up on you, you don't really see it for what it is. But, like, if somebody outside of this were to be, like, list the facts, like, you know, police did this, white supremacy did this, environmental racism did this, people would be like, that's fucking crazy. But when you live it and it just is your everyday, like, you don't actually realize how bad it is. Because it's literally, like, it's like a fish in water. It's literally everything around you. And you don't realize. But then, and then also... Programs like well, this. Let me just ask you one question. Why? But why is it that police violence, which again is egregious, but it kills less of us? Why are we as? Why are you know what I mean? And again, we need well, to. Also, be, but I'm just saying, corporate. They tell us we can do protest this. Yeah. But yeah. they. Well, but they don't tell. But we cannot. There's things that they are allowed to we, to protest, and other things we're not. I think that and police, we need to discuss that. I think police brutality is a, um, an easy one because it's literally like right there in front of your face. It's like the visual, like, right? We have the fucking video of that cop kneeling on George Floyd's neck for like yeah. eight fucking minutes. So like, it's like literally like right there. You can see it. But when you talk about something like, say like environmental racism, right? Like all you know is everybody in your fucking hood has fucking cancer and you don't know why. Like it's because it's in the water. You don't like, you know what I'm saying? Like you don't yeah. see the water. You don't see the air. You don't see 
Like, but when it comes to police brutality, like, oh, there's a fucking grown ass man with a fucking dog in a bulletproof right. vest and a fucking nightstick beating the shit out of somebody. Like, it's right there, you can see it. But when it comes to like shit like media or other types of white supremacy, it's just more like insidi- insidious and like you can't fucking see it because it's literally not like the like the the TV villain with a gun. You know what I'm but saying? What about Shakan? What about Shakan killing Leron? I mean, and I'm just saying, I, I pay attention to this stuff a lot, and frankly, it kind of eats me up, and, and that's a good thing, and that's a good thing. I should be. But my point is, what about that? That that's, that tends to be place to place, like, and, and again, that's a, that, that's an economic thing, right? Like, particularly with heads that I know. It's a white supremacy but, thing. It's a white yeah. supremacy thing, just like it is. It's a white supremacy thing, When the same thing as when the cops does that shit. It I mean, is, but it is. H- how do we make the white supremacy clips go viral, right? So, like, how she mentioned environmental racism, and you said we have the video of the cop murdering the kid, but we don't have the video of the backroom meeting where they're saying, oh, yeah, we're going to go ahead and dump this raw sewage in this river. We don't have well, that video. I'm not video. really talking about environmental racism. I'm talking about, I'm talking about black kids. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and a specific instance that really is jarring to me is that there were two young black kids on the south side of Chicago, 15, 16. Yes. Mm-hmm. They, dapped, they dapped an older teen, 17 years old, mm-hmm. and the older teen shot both of them dead. Yeah. Dapped this kid. Yeah. And that kid... The kid does not need to be on the streets, the 17-year-old. And so no disrespect. I don't want to disrespect the parents who are burying those two other brothers. Yeah. Sad. But that kid, what's happened? What's been done to him? What's been done to him? He is a victim. I mean, they are all victims. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and no, why I agree. are we not outraged over this shit? I think that people just don't know what to do anymore because it's like it's fucking uphill every fucking way and people just don't know what to do. Like, honestly, because I mean, even still, you know, I hate to keep going back to the environmental racism, but that's the thing. That 17 year old, did he have fucking like brain damage from lead poisoning? You know what I'm saying? And when we do, when when we do just say it's uh, it's white supremacy then like we're just publicly communicating the conclusion like we're just walking up and saying 15 and somebody's like the hell you mean 15 but they don't know that we mean 8 plus 7 so we got to give them the 8 plus 7 that yeah. leads to the 15 yeah well you know i think now you may have now right. eric i mean eric, in reality, i'm just, eric. I'm just the one, like i think we sh- i think we need to just fucking excuse me be be riot i mean if that's what if, if we can't wake black people up to this type of stuff and I'm going to let it go. But I'm just saying is, we, I think right now is that George Soros and major corporations and a George Soros, just because he does donate to a lot of anti-police movements like corporations do, they, the, they're going, you know, the police will be privatized like everybody else. Yeah. And, and I think that's going to be big profit in that. Yeah. And so my point, and also, and my, and also, you know, I think there's economic reasons why all these big corporations are now talking about them being pro-police. Yeah. They're, I mean, sorry, anti-police. They're not. Right. They benefit from destabilization of black or black crime. Yes. Destabilizes black communities, which open them up for gentrification. Yeah. Yep. Uh, here, here's your hot take. You can go in the corporate store and buy a a pride flag shirt right next to a blue lives matter shirt <laughs> you right, can get both right. that's true but honestly i think though when it comes to white supremacy a lot of people don't 
fully understand what it is and how it functions. It's easy to look at like fucking like cops or fucking like neo Nazis or whatever and be like, that's white supremacy. But when it comes to like the insidious shit of like intentionally underfunded schools, right? Intentionally closed down after school programs so kids have nowhere to go. When it comes down to fucking um and the fucking again, the environmental racism, the fucking we're gonna dump toxic ass shit in, you know, black neighborhoods, when it comes to intentionally um creating a wage gap, when it comes to intentionally refusing to rent to people who have black names, when it comes to intentionally refusing to give loans to black businesses, when it comes to like that shit, people don't people see that shit as um even black people, they see that shit as like um like individual like it's individual right like i know somebody who got denied a loan for being black but it doesn't click that it's like this is not just a that person problem that's a community problem that's a national problem that's a black people problem and um i think that like hyper individualism with the love of bootstraps type bullshit Mm. prosperity gospel Mm. all that shit got niggas twisted because they really think like if I do what I'm supposed to do, I'm gonna be okay. And like, they don't, they do not understand systems. We need to educate people about what systemic shit looks like. Cause people do not understand as a system. They understand that this shit happens, but it's something that happens over there in that city. It's something happening over there in that hood. It's something that happened to that family. It's something happened to that one nigga that I know. They do not understand this shit as systems. And that's where the education about white supremacy need to come in because it's about systems and how these systems create these situations. And I don't think niggas understand that fully, like honestly. And you're right, and you're right. But we need to be, and that's what we have to be doing. And that's why the Black Panthers were so dangerous. And no disrespect to all of them, as opposed to Black Lives Matter. You know, they were educating people to, they were educating people about systems. Yes. Instead of people just to go, you know, to be talking. And we have to start doing that because our destruction is by design. And I guarantee you, ain't nobody's fucking kids. Nobody else would allow the shit that happens to our kids to happen. Uh, that's well, just Sandy Hook. Despicable. <laughs> yeah. S- yeah. San- Sandy Hook, Eric. Exactly. Yeah, white people I mean, kill each other all the time. I feel like I have a meme somewhere. Yeah, I'll try but to. Not like us. I, I don't um, know. I don't know. I have a meme somewhere. I'm gonna try to get it up, but it's um, it says when one door closes, another one opens. But it's like closed as like libraries, schools, after school programs, but the only door that's open is a prison cell. I have it on the yeah, father. Like, yeah, that that I had the T-shirt back yes, in the day. Yes, that one. So like that's the that's, but again, systems and people like we really it's just that, need to educate people about these type of systems. Uh, yeah, like it's but that, but what you really it, it may seem like black people are more violent toward other black people. Do white on white crime is rampant. They just don't air it because they don't want to. Well, I think I don't a think big the thing, amount of black people are killing the, the amount of black deaths again is a misery in its industry. And the and suffering that goes on in our community for now is not is far worse than the white communities. But it's but it, but the thing is, it's getting worse in their communities too. Yeah. And that's why you've got. And again, that's the other thing. You know what? If I see a, a Nazi and that motherfucker, excuse me, that I gotta stop. That person oh, comes at me. It's fine. It's I'm, fine. I'm ready to beef with that guy. Yeah. But I think, but. I am, my community's been far more devastated by white liberals yeah. in the nonprofit industrial complex than the neo-Nazis. Well, I think why, part of it. So why are we all crazy over these neo-Nazis when it's the nonprofit? I mean, why can't we go to say, here you got a nonprofit that's getting money. You mentioned the, uh, what was the, the, defend- the brothers who used to stop crime. The interrupters, yeah. The, yeah. Why is it that we got, we got white liberals in our communities now with these bogus ass nonprofits organizations that ain't doing shit, it's just 
jobs for white liberal kids. Mm. How you got a, a nonprofit in the black community? Ain't no black people working there. And so my point is, we have to start targeting. And there are black organizations that are doing stuff like that. Um, new generation. Yeah. That, I mean, my, my point is we need to start linking up with these people that are not afraid. You know, if we, we try to do this in Fury, we try to do this in Pan, it's difficult. It's difficult. It's difficult to all, meet all y'all, but we got to, we can't allow the liberal, white liberals to lead us and tell us where to march and mm -hmm. what to march on. Yeah. Because they set parameters for us. Yes. And that, when I hear things like environmental racism, it strikes me about the, most of the people that are talking about this. I mean, there's leftists who do talk about it, Greens, people like that. But okay. most of the people who have a big platform to talk about this are people who are like have a nonprofit career doing that. They got a degree and a master's degree to talk about that. And they're good. It's mostly white people. And they're good. And but they're going to be there managing it. So it's not like grassroots movements. You know, rarely do I see that are really the powerhouses and be highlighted to talk about these issues. The power to fight a lot of these systemic things are ripped out of the hands of the people. And you see these these careerists that are running all of this. So, you know, it's that it, that's another thing is the management of these issues are taken away from the people to be involved and to have agency and become empowered about dealing with these issues. Okay, and uh, Phoenix Kalita had a, she's with um, the Sex Workers Outreach Project. She had to go to a meeting. She, a cool. gang of meetings, just mm -hmm. constant. Mm -hmm. All right, Jesus Christ. So like, what what is a solve, right? So you this you were mentioning um, these uh, teenagers and there was a, a murder over a dapping yeah. situation. So yeah. like, off the top of your head, like what what is a solve? How do you prevent this from happening again in, in the future? Because I don't, I don't have a solve myself. Well, you know, right with those brothers, and I look at them as the, the brothers. I'm, I'm talking about the looters. Yeah, I'm talking about them, because to me that's revolutionary action. And so, the next time, I'm sorry. The next time, you know, the next time, I'm just going to talk, talk, just talk about this, because though that's the, these are the, these brothers and sisters. They are unafraid. That's going to be revolution. So it should have been the lifting up of the black kids. I got to be honest. You know, I really shouldn't be saying this show on me. But, but no, I mean, we've got to lift up the most, sound like Barack Obama, the boldest voices. And those those people who are ready not to, don't give a shit anymore. I mean, that's the, those are the ones that we have to start bringing into the equation and start spotlighting on and start getting their stories. You know, it's the, the, the part of the reaction to, um, to, the, to the brother in, in uh, to Floyd was that people are broke. So my point is we have to start bringing into the people from the streets, not the, new, not the bougie Negroes. They got a place in it, but the people in the streets have to be at the table at the front of the marches and speaking into the media. You know what I mean? We gotta we gotta bring these people, you know, we can't just once they 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 start rioting, then we step in and speak for them. Then we step in and say what's next. You know what I mean? And again, we have to start targeting these institutions in our communities. 
that 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 start that go after the exploitive elements in the black community. And brother, you probably noticed, you know, that we have people that used to protest, protest like when black people couldn't get jobs on the red line. But 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 the protesters, but the, the, the protest industry, they don't come to shit like that. And those people get marginalized. The brother named, I forget his name, Clark Carter. You know, they're black people that do protests in the neighborhood and they get isolated and then people talk about how crazy they are. So we just have to reject the nonprofit industrial complex and the bougie blacks that tell us that end up speaking for the poorest of people and they don't even fucking live there. You know what I mean? And Eric, I'm trying to remember, maybe you remember the details of this. This might have been before I was in Chicago, but how a lot of the anti-violence money was just looted from the local people in, in the Cook County government and stuff. They were supposed to get grants and stuff to do an, this anti-violence stuff about community, intra-community violence. And it yeah. just, somebody took it. Some bourgeois person just took the money and nothing happened really. Like, and it, you know, part of that is the democratic machine, but that's part of it. That's part of the mismanagement of any effort. It's why I don't, I don't, I don't fuck with, with, with I, it's why I went to the press conference and the planning thing with, uh, what's the brother's name? Um, I'm blanking on the guy who's running for Senate against Durbin. Uh, do you remember his name, Chelsea? Willie, Willie Wilson, brother uh, Willie Wilson. But I won't stand on this fucking stage with, with, with fucking Ricky Hendon, former state senator. Um, who stole all that violence prevention money, and then the press. This, see, this is how deep the, the, the industrial complex is. The West Side got all this violence. Ricky Hendon gets gets half a million dollars to start a work program in the neighborhood to stop violence, and he doles out all the grants, and then the news media shows up to, to, the, to, these, to these places that the kids were supposed to be meeting and they were all padlocked. And so my point is, if this were Jewish kids and somebody stole that money for their things, there would be outrage if they were Irish kids. But if they're black kids, well, some people in the neighborhood, some, so my point is that we need to, we need to target people like this. And it just can't, and, and what, what happens is, is, the nonprofit industrial complex, they won't back those protests because yeah. they're funding these people. But we got to get a cadre, 20 people, 30 that will turn to 30 that start exposing this stuff. And I feel bad about this fucking shit, man. I worked in government and I'd be the same person. Well, that's Mark Clark. And I'm saying his name again, not the Mark Clark, but that's Mark, Mark Clark and Tom Carter. You know, it's those same black folk, but they, they write, they write, but you know, I just wish they could, uh, you know, maybe just speak a little, I mean, but they write though, but you, you know, my point is, does this make any sense, brother? Uh, it's, 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 we're get we're pretty far from crash to DNC. <laughs> we're, we're, we're in some, I think you should start. But this is why we're um, crashing the DNC. Cause they're yes. all part of the establishment. I think we should, cause uh, it all I, I can tell you're red. Right, like I, I can tell you've read a, a fair deal, so I think we should um bring you back specifically to like hyper focus on very very tight things. You because you'll end up going from like you're all across the monopoly board 
when it's like, let's take a look at Park Place specifically, like a deep dive on Park Place. Yeah. So I think you've got, you've got a lot in your head to be pissed about, but I think um, when it comes out, it's coming out like buckshot, and like the average ear is isn't ready for it yet. Yeah, so let's get apologies. some yeah, let's get some of those individual bullets and yeah. fire them in. My violent metaphors. That's toxic masculinity too. I think. Yeah. I think. <laughs> and, uh, Do- yeah. Doctor Springler crashed the yeah. DNC. Are there um, any more reasons why apparently you're just hating on Big Joe? <laughs> yeah, um, creepy Uncle Joe. Gosh, I mean, there's all the, I mean, there's all those sexual assault allegations and harassment claims um, that line up. So, um, you know, and that's the other thing. You know, the whole thing, what we're doing with you know, Joe Biden, because he's the face of this campaign of the DNC's project, you know, um, for president right now. Um, you know, there's just been such, so, so little accountability and not even in the way that somebody like Trump would just dismiss it and kind of strong arm his way through it. It's things like nonprofits, like Time's Up, that was created out of the Me Too movement that refuse to support, what they do is they provide legal funds for people to go after um, to do legal processes against their um, abusers or attackers and from um, sexual crimes. So they're supposed to support women and Tara Reid comes to them and times up gives the, gives her the runaround and says, well, technically because he's running for president, he can't, we can't support this. And even though it's, it's steps removed, it has nothing to do with endorsing or not endorsing, but they use that as an excuse and they know legally you know, they passed that by two lawyers that they could say that and get away with it probably because it was taken to court for discrimination of some of some sort. So they don't support Tara Reid because only because she was going against Joe Biden who and and so like we see just like the entire there's such a web of of um, corruption and moral bankruptcy and that is through the Democratic Party. And we have to understand that the Democratic Party is not just the DNC itself. That is the, the apparatus that organizes this, but it's nonprofits. It's it's all of these other wings. It's the media. It's mainstream media that get all of their money and their prestige and their elitism and their place. And academia does too. There's all these different branches that's wrapped up in the, in the liberal elite of the United States. There are Republicans too. Donald Trump again is kind of removed from that establishment a little bit. Um, and I think people get confused about that because it doesn't mean that he's not a rich, very well-off-to-be person, but he was not that career person who was in the establishment in that way. He was an opportunist who slid in with a lot of money. That's what he is, you know. Um, it's not quite the same as Joe Biden or even somebody like George Bush who comes from a political family of people who've been in politics for generations, right? So. You know, all of this, and, and you know, I know we, we went on a, a long kind of path about um, what's happening with the black community, but all of this, this shows just an entire system that's rotting from so many different aspects. And if we can't get real about that and say somehow we have to reclaim our power, again, it's going to just keep rotting. And do we want barbarism or do we want socialism? That's what I tell people. You know, it's going to, we can fall apart more because the empire is falling apart. China, I mean, we could go in so many directions. Like, you know, we've got last month, um, 
in economic news, China sold its bonds. If I, you know, I'm not, you know, I'm not the biggest um, economist expert, but um, it was a big deal for them for China selling their their bonds because they don't trust they don't trust that it can um, the money will come back to them basically. Um, so just leaving it on that, there's all these signs that the rest of the world is like, yeah, the United States is, is not. We, we're not going to depend on the dollar anymore. And when that happens, what happens to our economy? It's not backed by gold. It's not backed by anything else. It's the dollar is a fiat currency that depends on the United States pulling its way through. That happened with, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but this was President, um, who was president then? Um, it was the 1970s. Um, anyway. What, uh, Nixon? Uh... What about the gold standard? Yeah, when we left the gold standard and we said, well, we're not going to back it by anything. That was real. Nixon. I thought that was Kennedy. That wasn't Kennedy? I thought it was Kennedy. It was Nixon? No, it was, it was Nixon, Nixon for the gold standard. Yeah, I'm pretty Nixon. sure. No, I'm not 100% sure. But... So when China and all these other economies don't have faith in us, it's not about how much gold is actually there and how much anything real. None of it's real. It's just, it can poof. And the United States is going through that right now. One third of people could not pay their mortgage or their rent in the United States, 33%. That's a third of the people that can't afford their bills. What happens in three months in depending by state, I suppose, about the eviction processes, when that many millions of people are thrown out of their houses, like, well, and, and the unemployment rates are still like depression level. It was above the depression level in April, mm -hmm. um, unemployment, you know, and people said, oh, well, it's temporary. It's not temporary. This is not going to be okay. And so we see the rot. And if we keep making excuses for it, I, I don't know, you know, there's, a, there's not going to be anything left except worse, you know? So we're like, it's now. It's now. Everybody talks about how bad the virus is and the, you know, the climate change is coming. And yet you can't get out of the fact that maybe Joe Biden doesn't give a shit about any of that. Is we have to stop it. How are we going to stop that? Everybody's like 50 years. It's going to be a catastrophe. It is. It's a catastrophe now. What, what are you going to do in 50 years? What are you going to do in 50 years when your neighbors come, you know, uh, like Mad Max, like trying to find water <laughs> because everything is so destroyed? Are you going to be like, oh, no, it's not now. We have an election. We have um, Kelsey Clinton running for president right now. <laughs> we, you know, we can't be talking about the fact that nobody has water. Okay, I need people to stop what? speaking that into existence. There will be no Chelsea Clinton presidency. <laughs> Please stop trying to speak that into existence. <laughs> yeah. Man, so, Chelsea Clinton. When you know, I think I think I have this suspicion, this sad suspicion that my that my name was actually that's when Clinton was elected when I was born, and I think I might have you know at least I, I spell it different. But, Don't oh, stop. No nope. song. Believe in love. The pillow. No love. Um. Yeah, 1992. Women. Uh, yeah. So anyway, um, no, I, I mean we could. There's so many reasons why you know to crash the dnc and it's you know the republicans you know, trump is in power but he you know a lot of the you know you, i'm trying to think how many different republicans have have gone against trump and don't support trump they support the dnc what does it mean that mitt romney a lot joe biden why yeah. is that's not a good thing that's why we're targeting the DNC. None of these cool people are cool, and they would rather support the DNC than Donald Trump. So that's why we're doing what we do. Donald Trump's making too much noise. He's making way too much noise. They can't steal as much. 
when so many liberals are like, they want liberals to go back to brunch so they can really continue that good stealing under the Obama administration. You need people to go back to sleep. And just to finish it off, so people kind of know, we've been talking about kind of the ideology behind why we're doing this, but um, what we do is it's all online right now, leading up to the Democratic National Convention um, in August. That's going to be virtual, as far as we know. So these every Sunday so far at 1 to 3 p.m., you can find the event page on Facebook or search it on panwomanist.org or on the Wine Cellar Media has a page up for Crash the DNC about yes. why we're doing this in instructions. Mm. We use these hashtags like Crash the DNC, Never Biden, Creepy Uncle Joe, um, Jim Crow Joe. Mm-hmm. We're using these things to get people who talk about these issues together online. And we comment on the first post that Joe Biden makes every Sunday at 1 p.m. and we all just go on it and try to take over the comment section. And, you know, I've got like 50 people who responded to my last comment that I need to go through here. But people start seeing it and they see what has crashed the DNC. And we're going to get more and more people talking about what's the possibilities with this. So um, join the Facebook page, use the hashtag, search it on Facebook, Twitter, whatever. And, um, you know, get involved. And this will morph according to what people want to do with it. Folks, this this talk fury. Yes. Talk furiously. Yes. This one was furious. Yes. It was a it was a mean it, it was a battle of the light skin. I enjoyed it was Phoenix Leader and Eric Hudson. Was, yeah, well just wait until I get my fucking iron infusion. The melanin is gonna come back. Okay. I'm sitting here, I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to platform Dr. Springler, but I got Phoenix and Eric battling it out for the spot. I'm trying to get I'm trying to get the youngest person, the youngest voice in the room, the closest one to knowing what the fuck an avocado is. I don't know. Some that might be Kenny. He's the youngest, I think. <laughs> Kenneth, Kenneth is the youth. The the I youth. Was the youth. I was born youth. in '84. Born in '84. You are a one year baby to me. I got a whole year of mad experience. A whole lot of sitting down, and you know how many joints I've rolled, given that I have a year longer than you. How many zigzags I've burned. <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah, damn good. And I am, you know, Doctor Springler. I haven't checked in the past, like, two days, but early last week, I checked trending in politics, and you were still trending in politics on Blog Talk Radio, so I'm actually going to go bold, and before we went on, I changed the title of the episode to Chelsea Springler Takes on Joe Biden, because I figure if your name's going to be trending, I might as well just give you more heavy-handed titles. All right, so, yeah, so we'll do that, um... Are we are we crashing the DNC next week, one p.m.? Yes, mm-hmm. one p.m. next Sunday. You know what? And let's and let's bring the discussion back at three p.m. And folks, remember you folks that hit up the wine cellar, especially you person that recently hit up the PayPal couple days. You know who the fuck you are. Yes. Um, yes. Yeah, we do pay. We do pay for uh for Talk Fury, and when they do go ten minutes over, we pay overtime. I don't really know how to percentage that out, so I just throw out a round dollar. And Springler says, that's cool. And so I do it. As soon as Springler says, that's not cool, I'll respond to the worker and up it. And remember, if you and if you send a PayPal hit or if you sign up for Patreon and it's specifically because you like Talk Fury as the new shit, leave a note so I can give Talk Fury a bonus of 60% of your contribution. Mm-hmm. Always majority. That's how we do it. We're fucking socialists. All right. WineCellarMedia.com panwomanist.org, correct? 
Yes, panelminutes.org. All right. Yeah. All right, indeed. And, and, and that was good shit. We will catch you next fucking week. Boom. Podcast audio is stopped. Facebook Live. Right. There's my Facebook Live tab. Jeez. You're out of there. Did, how to do it. <laughs> indeed, young man. <laughs> All right. All right, and I gotta get. We gotta get back to our day. We need to do our household stuff. We need to watch something on television together. I need to wash her hair. Well, you're gonna wash it. I'm gonna grease it. I'm gonna grease her scalp. We do these. We do colored people stuff. This is our life. All right, all right. Y'all be safe. Then a feather mucker. Bye. Right, bang. Oh shoot! I didn't hit stop. Oh.